You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome into Locked on Mavericks for Thursday, October 20th. And thank you for listening to Locked on Mavericks. I'm one of your hosts, uh, Mike Marshall. Uh, I host the show on the ticket as well, uh, 10 to noon, Saturdays. Um, if that's 1310 on your dial or through the app or 96.7 FM, whatever you're interested in. And you can follow me at Machine Sports. Um, the other half of this, uh, this tag team here, the nasty woman part of the tag team here, Jacob Kemp. Is on the, on the other end of the phone line. How you doing, pal? I want to be bad hombre. Okay. Well, I kind of had that. I already got the tattoo. So, oh. well, then I'll be nasty woman. Okay. As long as as long as you agree to it eventually. <laughs> I'll be I'm bad hombre. He's nasty woman. We'll be here with you for uh, you know, about 20 minutes. Um, breaking down last night's game. I'm talking about that uh, GM survey that the NBA always puts out before the season, which is pretty fun. Uh, I hope you enjoyed yesterday's episode with uh, Ben Dubos of Locked on Rockets. He's a smart guy. He knows his stuff, and we're going to be seeing a hell of a lot of those stinking Rockets um, over the next two weeks, obviously last night, and then second and third games of the season. We get a Friday night, uh, I believe, here, and then a Sunday night in Houston. So tons of fun with those guys. And also uh, check out the Locked on uh, NBA Western Conference preview. Um it's not a traditional one where you think someone would try and just talk real loosely about their about you know uh, 15 teams in the league and um, try and soft serve you that way. No, what David did was he got each one of the hosts from uh, each one of the Western Conference teams <clears throat> to record like a uh, five to ten minute um, season preview of what they think will happen this year. So I had to do one, and uh, the other 14 teams in the West had to do one, and he slammed them all together. So. You got a nice little Western Conference preview from people that know the team's best, which are people that host the Locked On uh, podcast for you. But yeah, once again, thank you for listening. Uh, Locked On Podcast Network is your team. It's every day, six days until the beginning of the regular season. Next preseason game will be tomorrow night at Denver. That'll be the final one. And then next Wednesday in Indiana, it all kicks off. I did realize in between the time that we last talked and this very moment that Jan Mahimi is not a pacer anymore. Yeah, but I think the... uh, the emotional effect of his old teammates knowing that Jan Mahimi is hurt is definitely going to deter their performance on Wednesday night. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, yeah, but they got Miles Turner, so <laughs> that's true. He is God Almighty. I like Miles Turner. <laughs> I really wanted them to like trade the farm to get up to uh, whatever it was ten to pick him. Ten. Yeah, so we weren't that far off, right? It no. Was, uh, was that the Justin Anderson draft? I think it was. So I that was, was that. Eleven, eleven picks, but that's been done before. Yeah. A um, couple of news items. The Mavs did pick up Justin Anderson's 17-18 option on his contract, duh, uh, for $1.6 million. So he's locked in um, long-term before they have to deal with his uh, contract situation. Um, the Kings are trying to trade Rudy Gay desperately before the season starts and he gets hurt or plays like ass or something. Um Something popped in my mind as uh, they're trying to ship him basically anywhere, and they're 
they're looking for a point guard uh, because there's rumors for uh, Drogic, Cameron Payne from Oklahoma City, and then uh, they really went in on Rubio, but the the T Wolves are like, hold on, let's see what we have first. Um, would you trade Harrison Barnes at this very moment for Rudy Gay? What's his contract situation? Is it just one more year? One year at thirteen million. Yes. Yeah. So would I. <laughs> that's how out on Barnes I am. Yeah. Oh, that's how bad that contract's going to be. It wouldn't well. make a lot of sense for uh, the Timberwolves to do it because not no. only do they need Rubio so that Levine doesn't have to play point guard, they also already have swingmen. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to use him as a stretch four. If I mean, that was the least one I saw posts about. The more more interesting one was Drogic. Um, and just thinking that the Heat are just ready to give up on him was kind of amazing to me because that's a guy I've, I I hold in very high regard. Um, it's and, more of a bad fit than a bad player in Miami, yeah. I think. Yeah, probably. But, but here, I mean, Rudy Gay can shoot as well or better than Harrison Barnes. He can mm-hmm. handle the ball as well or better, or no, better yeah. than Harrison Barnes. Uh, he doesn't defend much, but I've kind of already got a guy for that. So, yeah. I mean, we're locked into this now, so I, I'm kind of mad at you for even bringing up the idea that we could <laughs> potentially get out from underneath it. But we can't yeah, do it till ab- December 10th. <laughs> I would absolutely trade him for Rudy Gay right now and just go back out into the market next year. Yeah. I mean, I would trade him. I, I think Rudy Gay is a l- slightly less effective but healthier version of of, her, uh, of Chandler Parsons. Yeah. No, I don't think that's crazy. And I don't even know what he is anymore because he spent, you know, a handful of years in Sacramento. And he always plays good against the Mavs. But, um, yeah, I don't know. You get you pluck dudes out of situations like that and see uh, if they are different players. Obviously, the contract thing is the <clears throat> the big sticking point in moving him. I'm sure whoever, whatever team gets him would like to do an extension. But uh, let's get to uh, something relevant if, in fact, there is anything. Last night's game. Preseason game number six, the pin ultimate contest. This one is for all the, all the marbles, the dress rehearsal. Um, 106-91 loss to the Houston Rockets. Uh, a couple of interesting things um, came out of this that I'll probably read way too much in and then make uh, you know weird assumptions about, and then they won't fit one week into the season. But Mavericks look like they're trying to run their entire offense through Andrew Bogut <laughs> in the first quarter. Um it wasn't really Darren. It was how Darren could get the ball to Bogut off the elbow and Bogut could find some kind of sly pass to make or uh, get Bogut, you know, close to the restricted area and him throw up a baby left-handed hook. It was just really odd to see that they went so heavy uh, to Bogut in one game and especially, you know, their first five to ten possessions. I thought that was kind of odd. Um, but the the real story is, as you probably know by now, uh, Harrison Barnes. He's been stinking awful. I don't. I don't know another way to say it. Um, one of nine last night. Uh, first quarter, he pissed me off immediately because he did that catch the ball at the um, at the wing outside the three point line, jab step a couple times, um, jab fake twice, and then take uh, like a one two separation dribble of a crossover and pull up from just inside the three point line. A shot that he's never made consistently. Just go ahead and scrap that. Like, that doesn't work for you. And on the whole, it's an inefficient shot. Yeah. 
So, I mean, you're out of balance. You've taken one, two, like, set-up dribbles. It's I don't, I don't understand it at all. I have no idea. There's dudes that can pull that off. He's not one. Well, what's his other, what is his other option when he receives the ball on the wing just outside the three-point line? I mean, if he's covered, yeah. he's not beating anybody to the rack. He can't shoot over anyone. Yeah. Uh, he's no one's setting him a screen and letting him, you know, probe. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have an offensive game independent of anyone else. So I would agree it's frustrating, but I'm not really that surprised. No. Like I'm see- and I'm seeing the play you're talking about right now, and he just there's no other option. Yeah. I would. I'd That's probably why the, bo- the the Bogut thing is is uh, I feel like we've kind of predicted that. Yeah. No, we did. It was just odd to see. Like I, I mathematically, I saw it on paper, but then like seeing Bogut handle the ball at the elbow and top of the three point line, every single possession was just odd to me. If I'm Barnes, in that situation, the second I get the ball, I might look for Bogut. I might look right to Bogut, throw it to Bogut, and, and then, then cut. Then cut. Yeah, just give and go every time, because me jab stepping for five seconds and then taking a crossover like separation dribble to get my balance back to shoot from right inside the three-point line. I don't know how you think that's a great idea uh, repeatedly. So here's some stats. 12 of 51 from the field overall in these six six preseason games. Three of 16 from three. A 91.8 offensive rating. These are all Barnes, by the way. 99.7 defensive rating. 35.3 true shooting percentage. At least his usage is up. Uh, 22% usage. Uh, 7.9% rebound percentage and six of 35 on jump shots. And Don't ever say at least his usage is up <laughs> in regard to any player ever. At least he's comfortable using the ball just, a lot. Just the worst. Um, and the thing I found pretty odd is that in the three or four games that Darren Williams has played with Harrison Barnes, Darren Williams doesn't have one assist to him. So wow. that's fun. A um, couple other observations. Ryan Anderson looked really stinking good in the first quarter, um, running off running off flare screens and stuff, and getting Dirk uh, his cement cement feet uh, caught in the paint a couple times. Um, they did an awful job of defending a three point line on the whole. Justin Anderson played really stinking well uh, when he came in. He ran got ran off the three point line, stepped up, hit a mid range shot, and then uh, hit. Back-to-back corner threes. Um, and right now I'm not entirely certain that Justin Anderson starting at the three position wouldn't be better than Harrison Barnes. <laughs> That's how far my perception is has sunk. Yeah, I mean, they're probably somewhat – I mean, I'm more comfortable sliding to four. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know that by the end of the year that, one, Seth Curry's not starting at the one, and that by next year um, – Justin Anderson's not starting at the three. Uh, you're probably locked in. You know, the, the situation where Anderson starts at the three is probably more if Barnes has to go to the four, like in two years, because his contract is still on the books and Dirk is gone. That's not like a super dynamic lineup, but I guess it would depend on what you had at the one and the five. But it's not crazy to imagine a two, three, four of Matthews, Anderson, Barnes one day. Yeah. Like, if you had the right things around them at the the five and the one, like, you could probably get by with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, Ryan Anderson went off a little bit last night. Um, Mavericks did a terrible job of defending a three-point line. 
And the uh, I guess the one th- one super encouraging thing is when the second unit came in, they looked extra fast and extra tenacious at the rim. Uh, went on a 14-0 run at the end of the first uh, to save the Mavericks from the, the pitiful start. And um, Salah and Dwight Powell protecting the rim was something pretty special that I hadn't quite factored in, factored into the uh, all the gadgets that the second unit has uh, at their disposal. So there's preseason game number six. One more tomorrow night uh, at the Denver Nuggets. Um, let's see. Let's get to uh, NBA.com. They put out a, uh, a survey of the 30 GMs in the league. Uh, they don't all have to reply, and they don't all have to reply to every question. Um, it's kind of the, uh, the asterisk there. And whenever they send it to the Mavericks, I'm just assuming that uh, Scott and Alex fill it out on one, during one of their, one of their lunch breaks because um, I don't know who the Mavericks GM is. But um, most important question, which team will win the 2017 NBA Finals? Golden State, obviously, 69% chance, they say. Nice, nice. nice. It's real nice. Uh, Cleveland, 31. Um, and they got, got everybody to rank the top uh, eastern teams in the top uh, west. It's Cleveland, Toronto, Boston, Indiana, Detroit, Atlanta, Charlotte, and Washington tied. And then Chicago at nine in the west. Golden State, one, obviously. Two, San Antonio. Three, the Clippers. Four, Oklahoma City. A little high on that. I'll uh, I'll wait and see on that. Five Portland, six Utah. That uh, one surprised me. The six Utah. Yeah, yeah I would have thought is... that the general uh, NBA intelligentsia would be more behind the moves they've made. Yeah, no, they they listened to our podcast and they saw uh, I wasn't that hot on them, so faded them. Yeah, I faded them down. Um, seven Memphis. Eight, Houston, and then Dallas in the nine spot. Oddly enough, Dallas got a couple votes for the fourth best team. <laughs> um, I don't think it's a couple. I think, in fact, what happened is one person didn't return this survey. <laughs> no, seriously. And one divided, like, so one, okay, so there's 30 teams, right? Uh-huh. If you take one divided by 29, or actually, you know what? Two people didn't return the survey. Yeah. And uh, Scott Tomlin voted the Mavericks fourth. <laughs> and if 28 people vote and one person votes uh, one way, it's 3.5%. Yeah. Rounded up to 3.6. Literally, the Mavericks voted themselves fourth. <laughs> two two people didn't turn this survey in, and 28 did. That's, yeah. that's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's awesome. Because no one else voted the Mavericks to finish fourth in the Western Conference table. No one. No, absolutely oh, not. That's amazing. It's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. Just so you can see all the holes that can be poked in these type of survey things. And uh, like MVP voting, too, if you want to start uh, picking at that. Um, So who will win the 2016-17 MVP? Question posed. LeBron James, 46.7. Russell Westbrook, uh, 23.3. Well above Steph Curry, James Harden, KD, and Paul George. Uh, no, No cat love there. Which I thought was kind of interesting. And no Anthony Davis love either. Not um, yet. Not yet. If you were starting a franchise today and you could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? Uh, you got Cat at 48.3. KD at 20. Uh, LeBron James. Stephen Curry. Anthony Davis also receiving votes. Your boy Kawhi. And then Russell Westbrook. Wherein last year it was overwhelmingly Anthony Davis at 86%. Uh, on the whole. I guess... We can slant these kind of towards Mavericks. Um, if you could keep 
one Maverick um, to build a ra- to build a franchise around, who would you pick right now? Dude. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> it's got to be Anderson. <clears throat> Has to be. I mean, I'm not going to say Seth Curry before I've seen him play a regular <laughs> season game, and everyone else is on the wrong side of like either 30 or their Achilles. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, Barnes, Ander- it's, it's Barnes or Anderson or Curry, right? Yeah, and Anderson is Mike. The guy that I might keep if I could sign one of them right now and the rest that were thrown into a draft might be a bench player. Yeah. Like yeah. career bench player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. That's where we that's where we is. Yikes. Um which player forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments? LeBron, Steph, Draymond, uh get in there. I think probably the easiest answer for the Dallas Mavericks, if you skew it that way, is Dirk. I think um, he actually still belongs in the top ten in the league on that front. Oh yeah, for sure. Of of weird crap you're gonna see. You're about to run into a team that's run the triple option. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that as well. Uh, which player is most likely to have a breakout season in sixteen seventeen? Uh, the fourteen year old Devin Booker, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, Miles Turner, D'Angelo Russell, Wiggins. Uh, Giannis got some votes. Uh, Caldwell Pope, Anthony Davis. Someone voted for KD. KD breaking out. About to have a breakout year. I think voting for Anthony Davis is just as stupid. Yeah, as do I. And maybe even Giannis. Like, okay, I know what that dude is. Uh, yeah. Chris Stapps, McCollum, and Rozier make the list, as well as Dennis Schroeder, who someone clearly from the Hawks voted for that. And then uh, Marcus Smart as well. Of those dudes, like, I don't even know what a breakout for Cat would be. I thought his rookie year was his breakout. And then Booker, that makes a lot of sense. Um Give me Miles Turner, man. Yeah, I think, I think he's Miles gonna. Turner's, yeah, I, I think mean, he's gonna be borderline All Star this year. Because I feel like, like you said, that Towns has already broken out. I mean, he may mm-hmm. average twenty a game this year, and I guess that would constitute a breakout. But I'm, I'm all on board with Turner and Russell. Yeah, Russell as well. Uh, who's the best point guard in the NBA? No surprise, Stephen Curry, Chris Paul, two, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving in that list. Who's the best shooting guard? The Beard, James Harden. Uh, Clay Thompson, Dwayne Wade. I would still take Clay. I think I would too. I think I would too, and it's a joke that Dwayne Wade's on this list, but here we are. Uh, who's the best small forward in the NBA? LeBron, KD. No love for your boy Kawhi. I know. Uh, who's the best power forward? Anthony Davis, LeBron, Draymond. You can't vote LeBron in every position, guys. Uh, that's, I, that's the thing is that I don't know that I even view LeBron as a three anymore. I don't think I do. I think and I don't know that I, view Ant- that I view AD as a four. I mean, yeah. I, I guess that's just where it gets, gets, gets kind of murky, and that's why a guy like Kawhi gets left out of this because yeah. he is a true blue three. Yeah. Uh, best center gets a little bit more simplified. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, 33%. Boogie at 26 uh, Anthony Davis, Mark Gasol, Cat, and Drummond are the top six. So which team made the best overall offseason moves? No surprise. Golden State signing a top three player in the league. You don't say. Yeah, weird. Um, same thing on which player make the biggest impact. <laughs> One player acquisition. Yeah, Kevin Durant. Why not? Who is the most underrated player acquisition? I like this question. Um, we got George Hill, number one. Uh, Jeff Teague, Bogut third. 10% of the GMs voted for Andrew Bogut as the most underrated player acquisition. I see you. I like it. 
that's a that's a pretty sly move that I think is going to you know have the biggest impact, um, or one of the bigger impacts of a dude that got traded that no one's really talking about. Uh, Abaka's on there as well as well as uh, Depot. I think uh, Ryan Anderson should have been higher, but I do I do think that George Hill should be number one on this list. Yeah, I might put Bogut above Teague honestly, but uh, yeah. if we're if we're picking nits, and it's interesting that Utah and Indiana are both one and two. Yeah. Given sure. that, you know, mm-hmm. those moves are related. Right. Uh, which team will be most improved? No surprise. People really like the Minnesota T-Wolves. Your Utah Jazz at two. And uh, the Knicks are still on there because we're all drunk. Super team. Yeah, absolutely, man. They're going to be great. I can't wait for their 35 wins. Uh, what was the most surprising move of the offseason? No surprise. Kevin Durant and then Dwayne, Ray- Dwayne Wade. Al Horford gets some votes as well. Al Horford's really getting... Really getting shaded in this whole deal. That's yeah. a huge move. Yeah, that isn't making any of these lists. Who will who will win the sixteen seventeen rookie of the year? I like this one. Uh, Chris Dunn, runaway favorite for the Minnesota Timberwolves at forty six point seven percent. I don't know where he's going to get his minutes necessarily, but um, yeah, I like his talent a lot. Buddy healed Ben Simmons with the broken foot. Joel Embiid, your boy, who was. Uh, who was dancing his ass off last night. Did you see that, Vine? I did. I think Embiid's going to win Rookie of the Year. He might. I don't think that's crazy. Because he's um, going to play like 38 minutes a game if if he can. Right. And like and you said, like, Dunn, not so much. Simmons, not going to play. Ingram kind of has to share the floor. I think it'll be Buddy Heald or Embiid. Yeah. Because I think Buddy Heald will have a lot of, a lot of possessions to use. Yeah. Um, I also... I might have put Marquise Chris in that top three for me. Yeah. Just seeing it, just seeing him the other night. He's pretty nasty. Uh, which rookie will be the best player in five years? Ben Simmons, runaway favorite at 70%. Chris Dunn, Brandon Ingram, Ingram and Joel Embiid getting little love uh, down there at 3.3%. Uh, let's see. Which rookie was the biggest steal at where they were selected in the draft? Deontay Murray, just because we will vote for whoever the Spurs draft, that they're going to make it work. Uh, Chris Dunn. Patrick McCall, Henry Ellenson, which that's laughable. Yeah. And then uh, Marquise Chris, who they misspelled his name the second time they used him. So that should get him fired up. And then a bunch of dudes that you probably don't know a ton about. Uh, let's see. The best international player in the NBA. Giannis Antetokounmpo, number one at 27.6. Mark Gasol, number two. And your boy, Dirk Nowitzki. Number three, still better than Chris Epps, Powell, Rudy Gobert, and, okay, they're going to throw Wiggins on this, sure, uh, and Andrew Wiggins. Interesting. I thought. I, would, uh, I, th- I still think Dirk is a more effective player than Chris Epps. I mean, if I could trade him, I would, just for futures, but Dirk is still better than Powell and Chris Epps. He yeah. may not be better, like, right now, he may not be better than Giannis, but he's better than these other dudes, and it's, to me, it's, not that close. Chris Tapp still has a really hard time getting his own shot. Yeah, for sure. I wonder, uh, I'd love to see, check all the old ones and see how many years Dirk just ran away with that one. Yeah. Um, let's see, who is the best inter- international player not in the NBA? Milos Teodosic? I've never I'll heard tell of you him. Who it's, I'll tell you who it's not anymore. Satnam Singh? Dario. Ooh, yeah. Where Did, did he sign? Did he, is he coming over? I think so, yeah. Ooh, well. I think he's been in games. For the Sixers, right? Yeah. Well, hey, I guarantee you he was – well, does it say? 
Uh, no. Yeah, last year. Yeah, it says last, last year, year he was. He, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, this year, this year he will be. Satnam Singh, not making your list. Uh, the rest of the dudes in this list are pretty old. Sergio Yule's old. Nando DiColo is really old. I don't know much about much about Milos Teodosic, but I might want to learn. Um, best defensive player in the NBA. Not surprised. Kawhi Leonard. Um, let's see. LeBron makes the list. Avery Bradley, Draymond, DeAndre, and Hassan Whiteside. Best perimeter defender. Also not a surprise. Kawhi Leonard. Um, let's see. Best interior defender. Uh, DeAndre Gobert, Draymond, Mark Gasol, Dwight Howard. Ha ha ha. That's funny. Uh, Bismack Biombo making the list. Kawhi also getting an interior defender vote. And then Hassan Whiteside. Zero stinking love for Andrew Bogut. Yeah, that, that one surprised me a little bit. What are we doing here, guys? Come on now. Uh, best defensive team in the NBA, Spurs. Runaway favorites. Half the GMs voted for them. Um, we got Boston, Cleveland, Golden State, Utah, and Atlanta receiving votes as well. Best head coach in the NBA, Pop, number one. Runaway favorite at 83%. And then Rick Carlisle, 13%. That um, makes me happy. That does make me happy. It makes game, it's, it's sort of validation. Game recognized game. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I I think this year is going to be. It's not his toughest test. I don't feel. I feel like he's worked. Uh, with, he's worked with less crap. It's um, up there. It's up there for sure. And if he makes the playoffs with this team or wins above, I don't know, forty-two games, like coach of the year, just give it to him. I know someone else is going to get it because it's not fun to vote for Rick Carlisle when the T Wolves won ten more games than they did last year. But Rick Carlisle is probably going to outcoach everyone in the NBA this year if they win forty-two plus games. Uh, which head coach is the best manager, motivator of people? Pop number one, Kerr, Brad Stevens, and then uh, Rick gets a couple votes. Steve Clifford and Doc Rivers also on your list. Uh, best in-game adjustments. We finally won one, guys. <laughs> Someone voted for us for something. Rick Carlisle, number one at 41% of making the best in-game adjustments. I like that. That makes me happy. Uh, which head coach runs the best offense? Carlisle finishes third. Best defensive schemes? Carlisle not in your screen. Uh, new coach that will make the biggest impact? Thibodeau wins that. Running away at 78%. Uh, they got a question about assistant coaches, which I don't really care about. Which active player will make the best head coach someday? Which Maverick would make the best head coach someday? Um, I want to see I'm if your answer fits mine. tempted to say Bogut. Ooh, wow. You went off the grid but on me. the answer's probably Wesley Matthews. Yeah. I had Wes, uh, number one. I think I have Barnes, number two, because of uh, how, I don't know, PC bro he is and how uh, how straight-laced he is. Yeah, but I don't know that he has, a, like, much, you know, fire. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if he can get fired up. But Whereas co- Wes Matthews lives on that. Yeah, exactly. That's half of his game is um, getting mentally fired up. Uh, let's see. Which team is most fun to watch? No surprise. Golden State. The Clippers in Portland get votes there. Home court none advantage. Of the, none of the rest of these are really all that interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they aren't. They aren't. <clears throat> I mean, I guess I get it, but these all kind of just feel like uh, league pass fan questions. Yeah, exactly. Um, the one that I think is the most interesting is probably the last one. The rule change. Yeah, yeah. let's see. What rule regarding blah, 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 most needs to change? They really want to change the uh, the draft lottery. As do I. And I feel like we could do an entire episode in the future on ideas on this because I hate it. 
I, yeah. I've always thought the lottery was lame. Um, I've always thought it was a it does not achieve the competitive balance that it's attempting to achieve while also rewarding, um, you know, tanking. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm not on board with. I'm not on board with the lottery at all. I'm not on board with intentional fouling the way that it is last year constructed. I guess we'll have to see how it plays out this year. Right. Um, I think you could reduce the number of timeouts, which finished second. I'm on board with that. I also think you could shorten the quarters to 10 minutes. Ooh. That's a hot take. That'll skew all the numbers, though. They've, uh, they would, but I think basketball is less concerned about that than other sports. I, I, I like the fact that you can get an NBA game in in two and a half hours, but imagine if it was two. Yeah. No, I completely And I, and agree. I think they might have actually screwed around with this at the D-League level a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, I don't have a perfect solution for the draft lottery thing. We might do that in the future. But, what about uh, the wheel? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> whatever, uh, whatever catchy phrase we can attach to it, like lottery or wheel or uh, maybe a pyramid even. How about that? What about just, big bucks? Okay, I'm interested. <laughs> or maybe just lock somebody in a uh, in a glass in a glass case, and then different lottery tickets come flying up at them. That's whichever right. One, whichever one they grab is their draft pick. I'm into that. Yeah, and Dan Gilbert has to use his kid. Like, whoever you send <laughs> to the dais of the lottery, that's who has to do it. You're looking for somebody super athletic that can just grab real quick? <laughs> well, awesome. All right, there's uh, the NBA GM survey. We figured you'd want to hear some of that stuff. And uh, we've got another preseason game tomorrow night, the final one, and we are so close to the regular season, six days away in Indiana. So, uh, yeah, thank you for listening to Locked On Mavericks. We'll be, uh, we'll be back Monday with a uh, hot, fresh episode out the oven. Jacob, thank you for your time. Yes, sir. 